Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach and Coach Radio, and you're in for a treat with this one. Today on the show, we have Brian K. Haney, who is a team effectiveness coach. Welcome, Brian. Hi, Lee. I am so excited to be chatting with you today. Before we get too far into things, tell us about your practice, how you serve in folks, and uh, the journey you've been on to get to where you are today. Well, my practice right now is in the middle of a pivot. Um, so uh, let's see. Where do I start my story? Um, up till uh, last December of December 2020, I was a um, I, I worked at Google, and there I was doing internal coaching. I, I did a little bit of external coaching too, um, uh, just on the side. But I, mean, I was doing um, uh, career and leadership coaching at Google and, until uh, I left Google uh, a, a year ago, and I've been taking 2021 as a sabbatical year. And I'm now at the point where I, I need to uh, reboot my side business to become my primary occupation. So how's the how's the transition? Well, I'm, I'm experimenting with uh, different brands and you know, different branding ideas. Like uh, you introduced me as a team as a team effectiveness coach. That's one of the uh, emphases uh, in, in in my practice. Um, I'm considering um, being a little more of a um, uh, oh. I, I used to, I, I, I was experimenting with the pirate coach or um, uh, a rebel coach. Uh, but what I really want to do is, is, is I want to focus on uh, team leaders who want to uh, kind of take their team to the next level of, and um, uh, do things in, in, in a way that might be a little uh, unorthodox in, in, in the traditional organizational uh, perspective. Now, in your past, you've worked a lot with self-managed teams. Uh, some. So that's where I got started. I uh, Back in 2016, when I was at Google, my cloud support team of about 75 engineers and, and program managers, uh, we started practicing holacracy. Uh, and we did that for a few months until there, uh, until um, we had a larger reorganization and our, and our uh, new directors who were assigned to our, to our team said, we don't understand this. Um, we don't know why you're doing it. We 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 don't want to do it anymore. Uh, so that that was kind of my introduction to um, uh, the coaching was in that context because I was basically the, I became the in-house holacracy expert and I was I was coaching my peers and and other other leaders on uh, on the larger team to um, uh, basically uh, redefine their role because if, if they couldn't be managers, what could they be? Well. They, they had to be leaders or, or they could be leaders. Uh, and so I, I was helping them transition from being managers to leaders. Now for those, can you explain a little bit about Holacracy? Because I know a little bit about it and I'm kind of fascinated by it. And especially to be talking to somebody who implemented or at least attempted to implement it. Can you talk about what you like about it, what you don't like about it and kind of the, the theory behind it? Well, what I liked, the most thing, the things I like most about it were the, was a sense of um, 
autonomy, the sense of, of agency in, 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 in my roles. And uh, every role, um, in my opinion, should have a, a purpose that wasn't required of holacracy. But, but uh, uh, if every role had a, a, a well-defined purpose, that kind of gave focus uh, for, for uh, what you would do to energize that role. Um, and that, so that sense of, of uh, uh, clear direction and, and agency, I, I found that rather intoxicating. It reminded me of when I first joined Google back in 2006 and how, how I felt empowered. And, uh, you know, that, that was all in, in, a, in a corporate environment. I didn't expect that. Um, and then the basis of it is a very flat organization, right? Not necessarily, not really. So it, it's there's still a hierarchy there, but it's not a hierarchy of managers. It's a hierarchy of circles. Um, so there is a... Um, uh, there's still a, a, a structure uh, and the structure can, can can be deep, but but that that can uh, that creates a um, what I would call latency in the organization. So it, it makes the agent, the organization respond slower, or more slowly, I should say. Um, but it, there's no, there's still it's not. I wouldn't really call it flat. But it, but it, the autonomy is really you're empowering the your participant to be a leader rather than a manager because. Most of them are working on some sort of projects, so it's a different structure from that standpoint, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, in in the sense that um, there, there's there are still you know um, uh, collections of, of of people working together to to accomplish a a, a shared uh, um, a shared objective, and uh, that is. Um, that's like the true north of the organization, right? Like everybody's clear on this is the big mission we're trying to accomplish, but how we get that done, there's a lot of autonomy to do that. Well, so there's there's a, the the organization as a whole has a purpose, and then each circle inside the uh, the, the organization has a purpose in support of the higher purpose. Um, so, uh, for example. Um, the, the uh, support engineers uh, might have a purpose to um, uh, make the um, uh, uh, customers successful using uh, Google Cloud Platform, um, but the, the the support organization as a whole uh, uh, might might phrase that a little differently to have a, a larger perspective. So now, um, as you kind of um, get into your practice moving forward into 2022, how do you see yourself kind of identifying who is the right fit ideal client for you? My ideal client is a, uh, a tech team, a, t- a technical leader uh, who, who has a, a either IT team or a software development team or, or some other team because I, being a, a recovering engineer myself, I, I know how to speak geek. Um, and uh, they, um, they want to uh, engage um, more of, of their, their the, the, the whole person that, that's, that's coming to work. They, they want to um, re- have a, a shared sense of purpose, shared values. Uh, they, they want to um, uh, do more inviting uh, of the team instead of pushing the team. And they, and they want the team to be more engaged, to have a, a, a greater sense of, of, of ownership and a greater stake in, 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 in how, how, um, uh, how effective the team as a whole is. So that, that's my ideal client. And then um, they, um, 
I'll, I'll come along, uh, come alongside those, uh, those uh, team leaders and, and help them to um, uh, show them way, ways they, they, they can make that happen. Or and if they, they, they want me to, to engage me as a consultant to, to uh, actually work with the team directly, I, I can do that too. So now is some of the frustration that they they might be having is that they're um, not satisfied with the level of performance or the amount of worker engagement. Are those some of the issues that they're struggling with right now that where you can help? Definitely. I'm sure people have seen the, uh, the reports in Inc. Magazine and the Wall Street Journal about how um, the worker engagement is uh, a, a fraction of what it should be. I, I, I can't remember the numbers, but it's something like 25% of, of, or, or less of, of uh, uh, workers around the world are uh, engaged in the work. The rest are, eh, or I'm really looking for another job. Um, and uh, to be able to, uh, the, the, the key there, in my, in my opinion, is, is to, um, at least from, from the leader's perspective, is to help them to reinvent the work or, or for them to, to, to co-create a, a work environment uh, that, is, that is more inviting and more engaging uh, and, and, and it has more intrinsic motivation. So, so work shouldn't be just a job. Work should be, um, you're going to spend the, 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 the vast majority of, of your waking hours doing work or at least, you know, a significant part of it. it so it, it, it shouldn't be um, this thing that you, where you're just coasting and getting by and, and, you know, waiting for your paycheck. So how do you help them kind of reposition in the mind of the worker that it is more than a job? Like what are some of the things that you can be doing to, to kind of um, instill more meaning? The, the first thing to do is to um, – to cultivate an environment of psychological safety, this, this is something that, that Google did some internal research on and on what, what makes for an effective team and, and psychological safety came out far and away the, the, the most uh, uh, important characteristic of, of, of effective teams. And without that, um, hardly anything else matters because if, if it's not a safe place for me to let down my mask or to um, be authentic and genuine with my, with my teammates, then... Um, Nothing else is really going to. You're not going to really make uh, make any other practice or, or any other uh, advances in in, in creating a, a, a great work culture. But is psychological um, safety something? Is that in the eye of the beholder? Is my psychological safety different than yours? Psychological safety is definitely a a, a uh, perception, but it's it's something that is cultivated uh, amongst people. Um, so it's it, it's fundamentally you know. Um, um, do I feel safe enough that I could um, take reasonable risks? Um, and if 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 my uh, if I, if I fail at at, at a project, um, you know, as long as I've, I've made a, a a good faith effort, uh, is is that going to um, reflect poorly on my standing in the organization? Or um, can I can I um, make a mistake and feel like I can own up to it? Uh, or can I, um, uh, can I uh, push back on uh, uh, something uh, that uh, leadership says is, is uh, a, way to do, uh, a way to do it? And I say, oh, can I say, wait a minute, um, did you consider this? Or um, I'm not sure you have all the facts. And, and so can I, or 
I'm, I, 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 the, the team's plate is overloaded. What, what do we need to let go of so we can take on this, this new project that you're asking us to take on? So do they feel safe enough to do that? That, that sort of thing. That's, that, that's um, something that is probably going to be shared uh, amongst all the team members, at least all the team members that have been there for at least a few weeks. Now, when you're doing something like that, how do you kind of um, create an environment that allows that to happen, but still not really, I don't know if you want to, I don't know if encourage is the right word, but you don't want to have a room full of people second guessing every single call because they have an opinion. Um, also, I mean, you want to hear everybody, I guess, but you, you can't act on everybody's um, vision of what is the next right move. Certainly. And, and, and that's why holacracy in particular is, is not a democracy. Uh, while people are, are empowered to take um, uh, actions to uh, fulfill their role, um, and they can they can object to a proposal uh, to the extent that it um, uh, detracts from their ability to to um, uh, to energize uh, a, a, the purpose of, of of their own role or the or the, the, the purpose of the team. Um, but just because they, they might have an opinion about about a proposal, if they don't have if they don't, if it does not if it's not going to affect any roles that they fill, they don't have a voice. And the, but that's that's under the holacracy model, right? I mean, or is yes. it, so yeah. um, most companies aren't practicing holacracy. That's true. That's true. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm kind of conflating things. Um, but in psychological safety, um, the the general tendency is that that, that uh, unless people feel. Um, uh, deeply uh, impacted by something they're probably not going to to, to speak up there's a, a built-in uh, tendency uh, in in the human psyche to uh, let things ride without making waves um and it's it's um that's just human behavior it, it is it is and, and 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 so the the um the the, the problem you propose that you're proposing that um uh, if everybody has a voice uh, we can't act on all the voices. Well, those voices are generally very small. So <laughs> so it, it, it's usually not an issue. Right. Okay. Now, you mentioned also risk. Um, most organizations give lip service to wanting, being okay with taking risks. But you can only fail so many times before they're going to start going, maybe you're not the right person for the job. Um, so there's two things there. One is... Um, Yes, um, organizations will have pushers in the wall that, that encourage you to to, um, uh, to, to push the envelope, right? Go think yeah, outside yeah, the yeah. box, all of that stuff that they want you to do. But yes. sometimes when you're doing that, you're going to fail miserably <laughs> and dramatically, and it's not going to work. Um, and don't don't you think that people are a little gun shy that they don't want to be the one that keeps coming up with harebrained ideas that never work. But the only way you're going to find those breakthroughs are, uh, you know, when you are taking those kind of uh, big swings. Probably the, the, the best way to illustrate um, a, a way of, of managing a, uh, a risk is, uh, is um, what, what Google does. They, they, in, in Google SRE, they have the, uh, the, uh, the blameless postmortem um, 
I wouldn't call it a protocol, but it's 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 a uh, system of of of, of handling um, large failures. Um, so, uh, in, a, in a blameless postmortem, um, after a a, a a a failure has happened, and you know if somebody pushed the wrong button, we'll we'll, we'll uncover that later on. But if, if uh, uh, after the failure, there's a um, uh, an analysis to see. Um, what were the events that led up to the failure and uh, what was the sequence and how did we, how, how, how did we respond to the failure and how did we uh, get things back to a, to a, to a stable state? Um, and usually uh, that, uh, or very often um, that, that postmortem, it might, it might be uh, uh, led by a, um, uh, a, a team leader or, or might be led by the, the, the person who was on call at the time and, 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 and had the, the, the most impact on, on, on making the failure a failure. So um, what, once they've collected all the information, the, the whole idea there is first, um, assume benign intent. Nobody on the team is trying to make the system fa fail. Make that assumption. And, because, and if, if it's not true, you have bigger problems. Right. That means you have a saboteur. <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> Good point. Um, so let's assume that nobody wants to make the system failure. Um, so uh, the only other uh, reason, uh, the only the only two reasons to uh, let, let somebody go is if um, they're they're um, malicious, which would be the saboteur, or they're completely incompetent and 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 that can't that cannot be fixed. They cannot be reassigned to another job. They can't be trained. The, the vast majority of problems are systemic. Uh, either uh, the um, uh, the tools to do the monitoring and, and, and detecting a, 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 of, of, a, of a situation and do a situational awareness were, 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 were inadequate. Uh, or um, the, um, uh, or, or the or the tools to to rectify the situation were inadequate. Or or the documentation was poor. Or the metric the, the metrics were were, uh, were, were poor. Uh, or the training was poor. Um, or, or communication amongst the team, uh, or, or with other teams that were that, that had that had to be part of, of, of the scenario uh, were poor. So that these are all systemic problems, not personal problems. And so the 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 question is, what can we do uh, now to tune our system to be to, to avoid or or better respond to this kind of a failure in the future? So that's something that the, that your organization can do or the team can do that um, really cultivates a sense of psychological safety is now we're going to assume the, the best of intent and, and, and uh, unless we're proven, unless proven otherwise, we're going to, we're going to go with that. So now if there's a company out there that wants to uh, have a conversation with you or somebody on your team to improve their performance and maybe, you know, just drive better and a uh, more engaged workforce, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Is there a website? Um, probably the best way to, to, to re reach out to me is on, on LinkedIn. Uh, my handle there is Brian K. Haney. Uh, my, my website is briankhaney.com. Uh, and my email address is, uh, I'm going to say this out loud, bkh at briankhaney.com. And that's Brian K. Haney is spelled B-R-I-A-N. K-H-A-N-E-Y. That's it. Well, Brian, thank you so much for sharing your story today. It is an exciting journey for you and um, a lot of fun adventures ahead, I'm sure. I'm looking forward to it. 
All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. It's been a great conversation, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.